When you have money, you start investing in your future. When you start investing in your future, you start worrying you'll make mistakes. Oops. When you start worrying you'll make mistakes, you can't sleep at night and watch infomercials. Pick up cat hair, some clothes. When you watch infomercials, you think you can get rich by placing tiny classified ads in newspapers. When you place tiny classified ads in newspapers, you subscribe to those papers to make sure your ad is running. When you subscribe to a bunch of newspapers, they pile up at your house, making it look like you're not home. When you look like you're not home, Girl Scouts don't come to your door. When Girl Scouts don't come to your door, you don't get to buy Girl Scout cookies. Don't miss out on Girl Scout cookies. Get rid of get-rich-quick schemes from infomercials and upgrade to Money Talks. This is Money Talks. We're back. I'm Troy Harmon here with Jessica Thomas. Jesse Thomas. Yep. You prefer Jesse, I think, yeah. I'll answer to either. Either one, yeah. <laughs> All right, and uh, we've also got Melanie Wells with us, and uh, we would never want to miss Girl Scout cookies no, since it is I the know. season. I think that's I mean, the first time I've heard that one, or at least that I've paid attention. I like it. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Although I did miss out on the Girl Scout cookies this year somehow. Oh, go to Kroger. I'm sure I know. you walk out the door yeah. and you will be inundated. Isn't yes, that the way it is? that's true. I'm sure that I can get my hands on some. Yeah, there's probably somebody around this office that I would, know. Uh, well, that's what I missed out those. on, I think. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I forgot to respond to the emails, and here we are. I'm cookie-less. <laughs> yeah, that's a, that's a bad spot to be in. All right, well, let's move on. This is a show about right. finance. You um, sure? I don't know. Well, we I could mean, keep talking you know, about the bad. We're, we're talking about plagues. It's you got to feed people as part of yeah, finance in some true. way, economics for sure. Yeah. Um, but uh, we've got a situation we wanted to talk about this week, and uh, it involves a, a, a lady whose husband recently died, and uh, now her and her daughter Avery are working through uh, everything they need for this tax season. Uh, Marion's husband, Mike, always took care of their taxes and uh, met with the accountant. Mike's files are not quite as organized as uh, he led them to believe. Uh, surprise, I guess. Um, <laughs> now that Marion's on her way, uh, what can she do to stay on top of taxes? This sounds like something right in the wheelhouse of Jesse. Um, Marion's 67, still works full-time. She earns around... Uh, almost six hundred or sixty thousand uh, dollars. Mike was uh, the breadwinner of the family, so she's got whole lots of changes. It sounds like mm-hmm. in in uh, Marion's life. So I, I guess there are kind of two sides to it. So I'll start with their um, personal tax side, but then there's also um, any estate issues that may arise with with his passing. Um, so from a personal standpoint, you know. Taxes are becoming easier after that big law change in 2018. Um, Mm -hmm. For most families, you know, the standard deduction is now actually the standard. Um, In the year of somebody's death, if you were married, you still get to file married filing jointly, which means that unless Marion and her husband's itemized deductions exceeded around $24,000, then... um, she doesn't have to track all of that. It'll just be the income. Right. Um, and if, okay. if they can get above that amount, you know, it's it's any medical um, that exceeds 7.5% of your adjusted gross income between doctor's visits, co-pays, hospital stays, um, surgeries, prescription drug costs, $10,000 of state and local taxes between your either income tax or sales tax, 
your real estate taxes and ad valorem taxes on your cars, um, your mortgage interest on up to $750,000 of mortgaged property, and then charitable deductions, both cash and non-cash. So, you know, if, if her situation requires that she would just need to have the documentation to prove those itemized deductions out. Um, Jesse, I, I assume it would be pretty rare for somebody in a, you know, making less than $60,000 a year to have 24,000 in deductions. It, it could be. Um, it, it depends though, you know, it, since he passed away, depending mm-hmm. on the circumstances of his death, it could have been a I large guess, medical bill. Yeah. Um, I can see that, you know, and, and we don't know what his income was. So it, if he was the breadwinner, it could be that, he was making substantially more, um, but see. you're, you are correct at about 60,000. We would usually expect to see kind of that standard deduction taken. Yeah. And, and that's, I mean, that's common even beyond that level of income, right? It's mm-hmm. gotten to where that is. Uh, like you said, coming into this thing that, uh, it is, it is the most common, uh, used just right mm-hmm. down the, the, the standard deduction and don't itemize. Yes, it is definitely a more common. If you think you're going to be close to the line, though, um, it may be worth talking to your CPA to see if they can help you get right above that. It could be that, you know, instead of giving to charity this year and next year, they could have you double up that giving in one year and see if you can bump over the standard deduction limit every other year. Um, so yeah. you take take the government's handout of 12000 one year, see if you can get over it the next by doubling up those expenses. Yeah, and somebody that, I mean, charitable deductions quite often are given without, uh, you know, the thought of, uh, of a tax mm-hmm. deduction. Uh, you know, charitable giving is not necessarily tied to the taxes. Right. Quite often people give to their church or some civic mm-hmm. organization that they just have a passion for, right? Right, but but to the extent that your church, you know, is okay with you saying, okay, this year I'm going to make my charitable donation in December, and I'm going to make all of next, or I guess rather, this year's I'm going to make in December, but last year's I made in January. Right. So you, you try lump and time together it to like lump that. it into one, one calendar year. I see. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so I guess that makes perfect sense to, to deal with some of those in that manner. Um, well... I'm sure that there might be a few other things that we need to cover on this. All right, so um, when we were talking just a few minutes ago about uh, Marion's situation, our husband passed recently. Um, you know, there's lots of things that she needs to consider now that she's the one who's going to be talking to the tax preparer this year, but uh, she's got an estate mm-hmm. uh, tax return as well, and... Uh, you know, Jesse, what, maybe what prompts that? Well, I mean, a lot of it is depends on how um, her husband had his financial situation set up before passing. Um, you know, was the money in a trust? If it was, was it revocable? Um, he, since they were married, you know, it, it kind of lessens the burden. Um, since she will be filing a final joint return, there is no final return that's separately needed for the deceased. Um, but there still may be an estate return if he had assets held in his name only and, and the will dictated where they went. Um, mm-hmm. It's kind of a good point to talk to the lawyers, talk to a CPA, see what extra filing requirements there may be um, between trusts and, and an estate return um, outside of his last individual return. Um but it, it basically, it's uh, a lot of it is the way that the way the family is 
set up and mm-hmm. and uh, whether or not you know there's there's complicating issues i guess we right. could call it um but i mean even even you know if he doesn't have to file a return you know or they don't have to file a return for his estate it's a good time to also talk to your financial advisor you know if he held assets on his own they all should receive a step up in basis um which could mm-hmm. impact marion down the road when she goes to sell one of those assets right um, and, and knowing those issues up front before you're trying to sell is always the best time to kind of take care of that and, and make sure everything's in line. Right. Mm-hmm. So you could be dealing with several things when it comes mm-hmm. to the assets. Uh, if he had an IRA, mm-hmm. an IRA can only be held by an individual, right? Mm-hmm. So you're not going to have, I mean, that won't be seamless. Melanie, right. and somebody the, like you would have to... In theory, he should have had a beneficiary designation on his IRA. It's uncommon for there not to be one, and it was most likely his spouse, Marion, so she should have received that IRA. And as his spouse, she can essentially assume it to be her own IRA at this point. Yes, and is yeah. exempt from that SECURE Act that's kind of been going around, um, which <laughs> applies to the non-spousal IRAs. Right. right. So that just started in the last yes. year, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. If he had left the IRA you know, as a beneficiary, as his daughter, then that would Mm -hmm. be a completely different issue, especially if he died in 2020 now. So 2019, it still would have been the old rules before the SECURE Act. But now if he had left that beneficiary as his daughter, Mm -hmm. she would have only 10 years to take the entire amount out of the account. And so that can be a huge, you know, depending on the value of the account, that could be a huge tax burden on her. Right. Uh, But even outside of an IRA, you know, if, if they jointly owned their home, if they owned a home, um, there there may be the need to have it have an appraisal done um if it was if they purchased it for 100 and the fair market value on the date of death is 300 mm-hmm. she gets half of that as a step up in basis that gain um for his half Right. Um, and if they've held it for very long at all, that could be a very it, real possibility. It really could right. be. And especially now if she's single, she only has, you know, lesser amount of the gain to exclude from her, mm-hmm. I guess, capital gain if she uh, were to sell it or if yeah. she doesn't get married again and mm-hmm. then sells it in, you know, 10 more years or something. Right. right. So investment accounts where um, where Marion would be the beneficiary are going to be passed without any sort of legal issue, Right. That, that goes right to them. There's no probate of that. Right. As long as long as the designations were set up and, you know, and it's it depends on the type of account. As long as she was the beneficiary on something that passes outside the will, no problems. As long as she is included on the will or it was jointly held, no problem. Right. Um, the problem may come if, if he had been married before, say, and the will says everything goes to my wife, but he never updated those beneficiary designations on his IRA, uh, um, mm-hmm. which passes outside of the will and would not go to her. Right. That would be Right. And we've definitely yes. seen that happen. I know. You know. It's very important to check your beneficiaries, and I like to say to do it. Um, you know, when the time changes. So when we have daylight savings, it's twice a year. So mm-hmm. just check your beneficiaries twice there a year. There you go. You know what? You're going to have to change that soon. Right. I think we're going to get this state. Away. I know. Yeah. Yeah. The state of Georgia is talking about changing I think that. we get to vote on it, right? That's what they're saying. We'll yeah. see. All right. So back to Texas. Yes. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, but, you know, that, that kind of is what may impact her um, if he had trust set up, everything like that. But the, the laws are so complicated and differ so much based on the legal language that it's it's really a good practice to talk to the attorney 
talk to the CPA, make sure that all of the filing requirements are handled on the front end. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So mm-hmm. consult your professional. Yes. Yeah. yeah absolutely. All and right. she definitely should being, you know, newly single to make sure all of her beneficiary designations are updated because if she still has him listed mm-hmm. and now he's deceased, that could become a problem too if she doesn't have the right, you know, successor beneficiaries in place. Yeah. So Melanie, can you imagine a reason why the portfolio might need to be tweaked? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, depending on if they were the same age or if, you know, they were vastly different ages, you know, their liquidity needs may be different now. You know, with him being the breadwinner and she's not earning as much, she may need to pull some from the portfolio. Whereas beforehand, if they were completely invested in stocks, you know, according to our 10-year rule, we would want to sell some of that and provide some liquidity now. Right. So there's definitely some portfolio considerations. Yeah, just as well flesh out the 10-year rule a little bit. Uh, Basically, the... You know, any assets that you've saved for retirement or whatever comes next, uh, if you're going to need them within the next 10 years, we generally like to remove them from the volatility of the stock stock market by putting them in fixed income investments that mature, not just a fixed income bond. We're not talking about, I mean, not a fixed income mutual fund, Mm -hmm. not a bond fund. We buy individual bonds that mature uh, with the the maturity amount and timing to match the timing of those expected spending needs. Exactly. And it kind of gives you a little bit of respite when when the storm blows like it is recently. Yes, and that's the reason for it is if she needs money tomorrow, I don't want to have to sell today when the market's down. So we want to, you know, kind of get ahead of that and plan for it and do that in advance. Yeah, and then anything that's not needed in the next 10 years, we put it in the stock market because history tells us that uh, it's the best place to be to grow your wealth. Let it ride. Exactly. All right. Well, we're going to take a real quick break here. When uh, we get back, we'll answer some more financial questions. Thanks for listening to Money Talks. All material presented is compiled from sources believed to be reliable and current, but accuracy cannot be guaranteed. The contents are intended for general information purposes only. Information provided should not be the sole basis in making any decisions and is not intended to replace the advice of a qualified professional, such as a tax consultant, insurance advisor, or attorney. Although this material is designed to provide accurate and authoritative information with respect to the subject matter, it may not apply in all situations. This is not to be construed as an offer to buy or sell any financial instruments. It is not our intention to state, indicate, or imply in any manner that current or past results are indicative of future profitability or expectations. Portfolio holdings discussed are subject to change. There is no guarantee that in the future these securities will be held in Hensler accounts. As with all investments, there are associated inherent risks. Please obtain and review all financial material carefully before investing. Hensler is not licensed to offer or sell insurance products. This overview is not to be construed as an offer to purchase any insurance products.